When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Minnesota Vikings have been around since 1961. And I just want them to win a damn Super Bowl before I die. Welcome to Before I Die with Judd and Jesse on Purple Daily and Score North. What's going on, everybody? It's just one before we die. Once again, we're here to remind you it's not going to be this year. We're going to die. If you die this year, sorry, there's not going to be a Vikings Super Bowl. That's unfortunate. Uh, RIP or your eulogy if you were planning to write that in. Uh, I'm Jesse Pierce, host of Bar Down Beauty's podcast, writer for NHL.com, frequenter. Uh, talking football here, though, each and every week with you guys on Before I Die. He is our designated sports dad, one of my favorite nostalgic characters in the world, Judd Zolgad. And then we've also got producer Ross over here, who likes the Vikings because of what, Ross? The pain lets me know I'm still alive, Jesse. It is an extra painful. I know we've had a couple days to mourn the Minnesota Vikings losses. They fall seven and seven and seven on the season with a L in Cincinnati. Terrible, horrendous, awful. Um, you guys, I just it's another should we have tanked? Should we have just let them tank as we had discussed? Again, the roller coaster of emotions that is being a Vikings fan has to be one of the most difficult. I'm kind of like, why didn't we just throw it all away? We didn't have to beat the Chiefs. We didn't have to think we were good. None of that had to happen. It should have all just been pretend. They're not capable. Well, they lost to the yeah. Chiefs, but they did beat the Niners, which the Niners, is equally sorry. as yes. bad. Yeah. Um they're but but they're not capable. Like this team makes us it tortures us through both uh and aggravates us through defeat and victory. Um, I'm with you at one and four. I was like, okay, that's fine. It's not going to be their year. Get a top, you know, five draft pick. Right. And then they rally and Kirk gets hurt and they rally some more. Um, I, I think that the pain Ross is talking about is part and parcel of like, this is a poster child season for this franchise. So like, should they have tanked? Well, in retrospect, probably, but that wouldn't torture us enough. That's true. No, and it's kind of incredible, Judd. You talk about how does a team like the Vikings almost always stay in the middle? Yes, they have pop-up seasons. Historically, every 7 to 10 years, they're making a run to an NFC Championship game. But how do you stay stuck in the middle? Generally, because of seasons like this, you could have went in on the tank and had a for sure what? Top 7 pick, maybe even top 5 pick. And now... If you finish 7-10, and 10, there's still a chance you can pick somewhere around 10. But the issue with this team has always been this, Judd and Jesse, and we talked about this, I think, even before Kirk Cousins got injured. The talent on this team is too good to lose a lot of games. 
And we've kind of seen that with Josh Dobbs winning a few games. Now, of course, the team has struggled recently. But I'd like to think, well, maybe not like to think, but when you look at the schedule, guys, they could easily lose out and be 7-10. and 10. They could also easily win two of the final three and be 9-8. and eight. And then, and I'm sure we'll get to this, guys, start doing the math. The seven seed might not even need nine wins anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. it's likely going to be two teams are going to find nine. It's also possible somebody could get in at eight and nine. So I, I, I don't know what to say. It's just, it's it's classic Minnesota Vikings football. It, it would be, you know, what do people always say? Oh, it's unbelievable. Well, it would be unbelievable if it was anybody else. But because it's the Minnesota Vikings, it's entirely believable. It's a Minnesota mediocrity at its finest. There's another terminal, right? We're stuck it's, there. Purgatory. It's, uh, it's another sports team in town that likes to do the same thing. Just loves to make the playoffs and then like call it a day. That's good enough for them. Won't mention it though. Uh, you guys, sports fans, Vikings fans, especially love to take to X and vent out their frustrations. Now, I was obviously very heavy on X because there was another sports team playing Saturday afternoon, so I was monitoring Vikings takes. Uh, Fire KOC was trending as of Saturday, which (laughs) is a little ridiculous. I get the frustration, and certainly we have criticized KOC plenty on this very show here uh, alongside other Purple Daily content, Um, but... He is 20 and 11 as a head coach. How ridiculous is it? I mean, yes, again, bad loss to blow a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. Never a good thing. But KOC getting fired? Come on, Judd. Not happening. People were hot. People were mad. Saturday was filled with fury. So I don't even know, like, uh, 48 hours now after the loss, I don't know how many people would stick with that. Like, I think that was a lot of just anger. And look, he had a terrible game. He coached, he's coached some stinkers, clunkers this year. Uh, he's also coached some really good games, but this was among the bottom of the, the barrel. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, he's not going to be fired. His job is in zero jeopardy. He's not on the hot seat. This isn't Dino, where <laughs> where our guy Dino Everson had had, you know, a few years and it's like, okay, what's going on here? Um, but I think that the fans were so upset, like that's as upset as I've seen fans for a long time after just a single loss. And I mean, it's not a playoff loss. It's a regular season loss, but, um, you know, I think the back-to-back attempts at a tush push, which didn't make it, I think Roscoe that sent people over the edge and yeah, you did see a lot of fire this clown now and get Brian Flores here. I wonder how many people maybe backed off that by the I time gotta, the sun came up. I got to say, before we get into that, Ross, I'll let you go. I mean, he's not Brandon Staley or Josh McDaniels. Like, I mean, oh, Kevin O'Connell is good, not yeah. at that level. Like, that's where I just thought it was a little ridiculous. Like, what do you know, go, Pierce? I know. What do you know, Zolgas? Have you ever played football? <laughs> I, I watch mean, every game. KOC, we can be critical, especially this year, because we're seeing it more with the time management yeah. and some of the execution of the calls that he's making or the plays or the, the failed tush pushes. Um, but it's I just thought push. it was ridiculous. I just laughed. I was the like, tush push is harassment. It's workplace <laughs> harassment. Quit hitting your coworkers in the ass. Especially if you're tiny little man doing it, trying to push yeah, over the quarterback. No yeah. I just, I mean, Ross, what did you think about the back-to-back failed quarterback sneaks? Absolutely ridiculous call, I thought, especially to have Brandon Powell back there trying to make that move. I have better strength, I think, than Brandon Powell probably does to make that effort. 
Well, first off, on the fire KOC thing very quickly, I think that's a testament to KOC that he's used four different quarterbacks this year and people are still bitter that he's losing games. So in a weird way, that's a good sign that the Vikings are still in the mix and that people are upset. So I'm going to take kind of a, a contrarian or a different view on the failed tush pushes. I have no problem with the calls. To me, it's execution. Now, KOC explained why Brandon Powell was in there and not using CJ Ham or somebody else for the push. Again, mind you, the second one was probably aided by Bradbury getting trucked and Nick Mullins perhaps bobbling the snap a bit. I would say this, okay? If the Vikings turn around and hand the ball off to CJ Hammer, they hand it off to Ty Chandler, and they get stuffed, what is the first complaint we would hear? Well, why didn't you just do the tush push? It works every time. So <laughs> No, I, point, I wouldn't have said that. No, I I'm not sure that you either. would, but I think... sneak, yes. Tush push, no. Yeah, Mostly I think most... Ty Chandler would have done it. He would have successfully achieved it, because I love Ty Chandler and everything he does, so that would have happened. It just seems like it's the easy thing for fans to do when a play call goes wrong to automatically assume that the other play call would have worked. Now, I would say this. You got to give Ty Chandler one of those two chances, don't right. you? He had a hell That's of exactly. a game. He had a hell of a game. Give him a chance to pick it up. And then if you want to try that, maybe do it one, one of the two times on third or fourth down. But with that said, guys, even though they failed... You have to execute that play one time. So at the end of the day, yes, maybe the coach didn't need to call it two times in a row, but the players have to execute that and pick up the first down. Yeah, frustrate. Let's keep on my boy Ty Chandler because I love me some Ty Chandler. I think you go think back we all a couple do episodes. At this point. Yeah, well, a couple episodes ago, I was like, he's your guy. Forget Madsen. Yep, I just Ty Chandler everything. I find the receipts. It's out there because I was on board early, early on, mostly because I just am not that impressed with Alexander Madison, but that's just me, right? 23 carries, 132 yards, one touchdown. There is no way he is not your starting running back going forward, correct, Judd? I hope so. <laughs> yes. Like I would say, common sense is yes, but we've been all screaming for Ty Chandler for weeks now, months. And, you know, Madison only was not the starter because he was hurt. He didn't get benched. He got hurt. So, like, I would like to say Ty Chandler is now the man. But whatever they see in in Madison as far as, I don't know, an overall, because he can block more, I don't know what they see there. But, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, a football whiz, um, to – it basically takes two eyes to watch Ty Chandler and Madison run and say Ty Chandler has way more explosiveness and speed. And – I, I compared it on Twitter to um, Madison is like a, like um, an SUV. He's a four-wheel drive. You take him out in the snow, and that's great. But when it's spring or summer, folks, we get the Corvette out, and we go around the lakes going, <laughs> zipping around the lakes going fast, looking good, right? That's Ty Chandler. So I don't know. I have not been able to figure out what the issue is. Um, and what Ty Chandler did, quite frankly, didn't surprise me. It didn't surprise me one bit. He looked no, like he could do that. No, and I think the one thing we were worried about, and I brought it up, and I think mainly the coaching staff was worried about, the reason why maybe you didn't see him more is they were worried about blitz pickup and protections. Well, right. that wasn't a much of an issue on Sunday for him, at least that I noticed. I'm sure he missed some, and I didn't look at any pro football focus grades to see how he graded out in any pass protection, but I don't remember off the top of my head any glaring issues there. And to your point, Judd, the only reason why they were using him in that expanded role is because 
they were forced to use him. And I think the plan was to get Wong Wu more carries, but Ty Chandler just didn't let that happen because he was having an incredible day. I'm more worried, guys, about a trend for as much as we love B-Flow. I'm starting to get worried about the trend late in games where the Vikings love to blitz the first three quarters of the game or first three and a half quarters of the game, but then inexplicably when the game's on the line, they're sitting back in coverage. And look, that might be the right call if you can trust your secondary to make the play and cover guys. I don't know if these guys have earned that right. It seems like every time you ask them to drop back into coverage and make a play in a key moment as of late, it's not happening. And I think that that's going to be addressed. And at the end of the day, it could end up being that Denver game or the Cincinnati game that keeps the Vikings out of the playoffs. And those are the two games that recently come to my mind for you were dominating defensively for three, three plus quarters. And then you sat back in a shell when it mattered the most. And that, of course, makes me think of the Donna shell. And uh, now, now I'm kind of starting to feel queasy. The touchdown pass to Higgins, though, if you go back and watch that, they actually did get pressure. Browning lofts that ball up. And th- that, to me, is also just such a fundamental breakdown because it's it's a jump ball. Mm-hmm. Evans gets beat. Okay, that's not good, but he got beat. But what's Makai Blackman doing? He literally was headed towards that play, and he stopped and decided to watch it. I, I It was absolutely mind-boggling. If, if he goes over there at full speed... One, there's a chance that that he could have actually shoved Higgins or helped shove him out of bounds before he comes down inbounds. Two, if and, and it was a nice play, but when Higgins wheeled around with the ball and extended it o- over the pylon, if Blackman hits him, that ball goes out flying out of bounds. Yeah, it might it out. go and it might go through the end zone. Correct. Which then is a touchback. So, like, what are you doing, kid? Like, that's just hard work. That's not talent. That's just keep going. Play through the play. I am paid to watch the game from my couch. <laughs> Makai Blackman is paid to play in the game. We should not be doing the same thing at the moment of truth. I mean, for that the record, up- yeah. Oh, I got to clear myself up here, Jesse, before I get just ripped in the comments. I gave the safety sign when I meant to give the touchback sign, but I can't make it fit in this window. That's fair. I feel better about so, that. Now. Oh, I thought I you were doing the safety dance. Happy. From Men Without Hats. <laughs> we can dance if we want to. We can, we can leave. leave. That's before can, Jesse's time. We can leave no, those wins behind. That. Oh, you do know the safety dance? But Seventh grade, I think. don't dance, and if they don't dance, well, they're... That's nope. if you I was very into the 80s. That was a very big... I wasn't really like, alive a lot of the 80s, don't but... Blitz. I, I was going to say, it. you were born in... Yeah, you were born way yeah. too late, because yeah. I... I was in seventh grade, which is before you, you were born, and I think that's when, when th- that song came out. That's a great song, though. How great about... Song. If your defense doesn't blitz, then they ain't no defense of mine. That's true. Let's change that. I we can blitz if we want to. Weird Al style. Uh, Judd, <laughs> you had Al. mentioned those jump balls, which have been a problem often yep. this season, right? Do we have um, <clears throat> a size problem? Size doesn't matter, but sometimes it does matter. Let's say uh, you've got Blackman <laughs> against Sutton. Yeah, you know, in football, it's a little, little different. I mean, outside of Murphy Jr., pretty much every other corner has been beaten badly on those jump balls in key moments, too. Uh, Blackman against Sutton in Denver, and you had Evans yep. against Higgins, as you'd mentioned, on Saturday. Now, Higgins and Sutton are both listed at 6'4". You've got Murphy Jr. at 5'11". You've got Evans at 6'2", and Blackman at 6'2" as well or no 511 he's only listed at 511 as well uh what do you do about that how did the corners success you know succeed in those situations where even if they might not have that 
size that matters in some situations and not at all, or they don't, what do you do? How do you fix that problem with the corners? Well, the Blackman play in Denver I didn't like because I felt like he also so, sort of stopped on that th- that play. Now, he really stopped on Saturday, um, and the coverage itself broke down. But, yeah, I, I, you know what, too? It's a good point. Um, in 1998, in, in the game that Randy Moss tor- torched the Packers uh, at Lambeau, which was his first big like coming-out game, in the 99 draft, I believe the Packers' first three picks by Ron Wolf in the next draft were all were all defensive backs. I think it was two corners and a safety who were six feet or taller. Mm-hmm. So, like, that might be a thing. Um, but I also think that there's ways when you go back and watch these plays where certainly there, certainly there are alternatives to uh, essentially, you know, a teammate in Cincinnati standing and watching the play. Um, I, if I remember correctly, in Denver with Sutton, it was Blackman m- might have mistimed his jump, but there was also a safety who could have helped but didn't help. But, yeah, I, it's definitely something that I think the Vikings are going to have to address. And I like Blackman. I actually think he's good. Like, I think he's going to become a good player. But that being said, there are some, you know, you can't you can't stretch him out. Mm-hmm. Size, Jesse, to your point does matter in football and especially the secondary size does matter stretch it out i just want to commend you both well, you for could put, no i'm saying like you could getting be like, through that we're gonna flawlessly we're gonna stretch you out that's the screen yeah. grab for the podcast right there jesse john doing this there we go i'm six foot three i actually felt really good yeah done. good stretch Back. feels good every now and then doesn't it This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Ross, what do you think? Anything to add to uh, to the size mattering? I, I think some of it obviously goes back to technique and then to Judd's point. The one in Denver on Cortland Sutton, it looked like he just kind of quit playing the ball. Like he assumed it was going to go out of bounds or maybe he lost track of Sutton. It's an interesting thing to talk about because in theory you would want to have tall corners, but if you start to look around the league, there's just not many of them. If you're a tall corner or you're a tall kid growing up, you typically end up playing wide receiver and not cornerback. But it does make you appreciate a guy like, uh, even in the secondary, a safety who's a bit bigger, Ward for San Francisco, or even, as you mentioned, Jesse, Byron Murphy Jr. is a little bit bigger. In a perfect world, yes, I would always prioritize size at that position, but it's also easier said than done. Just because a guy's tall doesn't mean he can actually cover. But, yeah, in a perfect world... Give me a corner who's 6'2 and can go up there with those taller receivers and knock a ball away. I, I just, it, stu- it really stood out on Saturday with those Bengals wide receivers where the Vikings just looked so substantially smaller in the secondary. And Jamar Chase was out for that drive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. He and didn't have a great game, out. by the way. It was no. T. Higgins who did him in No, all day yeah. long. Exactly right. So, yeah, you, you definitely had advantages there. But um, it's worth examining. And, and to go back to what, what uh, 
Ross said, Jesse, it's worth examining, too, what's going on in the fourth quarter. Like the, the Chicago loss, factually, they did just quit blitzing. And, I mean, that's a terrible loss. And Saturday, you gave up 21 points. You you hadn't given up a touchdown since the since the aforementioned Sutton touchdown catch mm-hmm. in Denver against Blackman. You hadn't given one up until Saturday when you hemorrhaged and had gave up twenty one. So yeah, like, there are there. Brian Flores has done a great job. He does not get a pass for Saturday's loss. Like he's very much involved, as is the defense. And except for the one drive in overtime, Judd, it was. Blitz, they tear you apart. Drop back in coverage, they tear you apart. They were one step ahead of you in the latter part of that game. Jesse, this one's for you. Tough day if you had T. Higgins on your fantasy football team and you left him on the bench. Obligatory fantasy football mention. You don't even have to ask. You know my team's not in it. I told you how bad it was. My team is just, I'm sitting on the outside playing in a loser's What was your record? I I think I won two games. It was a tough. Well, I, nobody would trade with me. I was trying to fleece people. I couldn't even fleece anyone. It they wouldn't trade bad. with you. No, nobody would do anything with me because of you or because of. Uh, they like... just wanted to watch me suffer. They just wanted me to. Wow, deal with wow, me, that's that's cold. It's a tough. That's including the husband. You know, no, nobody, nobody would do. Yeah, he would. He laughed. I sold him the rest of some of my players at, toward the end. Oh, a little collusion, huh? Oh, collusion. You can't do that. That's, that's yeah, collusion. Yeah, 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 that. Oh, yeah. my, well, I hope He's the league was passed. Too, so don't worry about it. No, it's fine. It's. Uh, I want to know about people's bad. Don would get me. You shouldn't help him, by the way. Well, I want to know about people's. To us. It's like 350 bucks in the pot. Man. Oh, okay. Like, well, this is absolutely <laughs> like you're going to have the Fed showing up at your doorstep after this. Episode. You're going to you're going to lose fantasy <laughs> football draft picks. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be taken away. Why is mommy going to jail? Because she cheated in fantasy football. <laughs> I was told by a wise man one time that cheating, you cheat all the time when you can get away with it, right? I'm just terrible and admit my cheating flaws. It's, it's only cheating if you get caught. Or as George Costanza once said, it's only a lie if you believe it. No, yeah. excuse me. It's you not a lie if you believe it. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> Remember, Jerry, it's not a lie if you believe You're it. You're never going to be on Seinfeld, Ross. <laughs> no, no, never. No. Uh, one thing that is also not a lie, you guys, the Minnesota Vikings still have a chance to make the playoffs. 50%, 57% chance. Skull. Excuse me. Skull. Have they won on Saturday? Could have been 84%. Fun fact. But they didn't. Uh, you know, win the next two, likely making the playoffs. The next two, however, guys, Detroit and Green Bay. Not loving that. And Nick Mullins expected to start against the Lions. Judd, what O'Connell are we doing? Said- O'Connell said he's starting, which, okay. by the way, I've had a week ago. I defended it. Like, I don't I don't love him, but I'm, I'm like, okay, he's the veteran guy. You're not going to put Jaron Hall in. You know, um, uh, Dobbs has been benched. But I'm sorry, you guys. After seeing the two picks and then potentially the pick six that, that was called back because of an offside, um, he is a loose cannon. Like, he is, yes. he is, he is a Russian roulette QB, and I don't <laughs> want to play with one of those. But um, clearly O'Connell does. I think it's very plausible just to include the third game. I think it's very possible uh, plausible they split with the Lions and then the Packers game becomes the key game. But, you know, Green Bay has gone back in the tank and mm-hmm. everyone wants Joe Barry's job. He He's become the uh, Ed Donatel of the division. So two and one, like I, I've, I really do expect they are going to make the playoffs. And like Ross said, they're in the sixth seed. They're not even in the last seed. So yeah. I think because of their conference success and because of the fact they can win two of these last three without, I think, shocking us, I think they're going to be in. 
If you're going to get two of the last three, though, in my opinion, doesn't it feel like it almost has to be the next two that are at home? Because likely, even though Detroit may end up having the division wrapped up by week 18, the game still might matter to them for seeding, whether they're the two or the three or the four. So I'm not sure Detroit's going to be resting anybody. So it seems to me that the Vikings would almost have to win the next two. It's not to say that they can't go to Detroit and win in Week 18. Heck, Detroit went on the road in Week 18 in a game that didn't matter to them last year and knocked off Green Bay. So it can be done, but logic would tell you if the Vikings are going to go 2-3 and the final three weeks, it's probably going to be by winning the next two at home, right? Lions, Packers, and Vikings. Can either of you explain any of those teams, though? No. There's not one identity for any of them. They don't have an identity. I feel like they're dysfunctional Tinder dates. (laughs) I need to go on a few of those. Yeah, let's, I, Ross, we need uh, well, you to I do think, that. For I think Tinder purposes, is please. open to some dysfunctionality, and mm-hmm. I'm saying I think they're like dysfunctional relationships. Like, I can't explain, it It would be one thing if I said, okay, I think Detroit is real, like for real. Which, by the way, they looked like they were at one time, and they blew the drawers off the Broncos, but look at that stretch of games where it got dicey, right? Mm-hmm. The Packers are a hot mess again now, and I watch the Vikings every single week, and I can't say that I know them. So, like, Trying Here's to how they are these... as Tinder dates. Okay. Detroit catfished you. Super hot girl, I like, but I like catfished you. Shows up and you're kind of like, Ugh. I mean, they're average looking, but they're definitely not what their profile is. So I got a fake showed. picture? Got a fake picture. Uh, or an outdated up, one. Green Bay showed up drunk to your date, so there's the hot mess there. You know, just orders, yes. you know, beer Love after this. beer after beer, kind of a little unhinged, a little chaotic, but you're kind of into it at the same time. Like, you're like, eh, maybe I do like this. Maybe this could work out well. And maybe then you got she a is chance. a franchise girlfriend. I don't know. We're going to find out. Uh, the Vikings are going to be your average. You love her personality. But you're kind of meh on, on the vibes in general. You love what the potential is there. Um, you don't want to quite let her go because she's cute enough, but not like drop dead. And you're going to date her for a couple weeks and then ghost her probably at the end of the time when she can't close it out in the championship. Finish so it off. You? Tell me about which, the Bears. That's what which I want to oh, know. The Bears, yeah, you point. swipe right. You swipe whatever <laughs> the opposite direction is. You ain't yeah. going on the first date with them. <laughs> so wait, so of, of your personalities for... The Lions, uh, the Vikings, and not oh my, the Packers. What? Um, which one do I like the most? Then I'm locking down the Packers. Probably. Let's be honest. That sounds way more fun. <laughs> True. That's a good. She's Jess has a good point there. Yeah. It's got to be the Packers for the fun factor, or at least the Vikings, because you can take her or him home to the parents and not be entirely yes. embarrassed. This is true. Yeah. Or the Packers, Packers can't go home. Yeah, exactely. If she's she got sh- a drinking problem. If she if she shows up to family Christmas already in the bag at most houses, <laughs> there's going to be a little bit of judgment going on there. Is there a chance that that uh, to go back to Detroit? Is there a chance that that they are actually catfishing you, Jesse, and and they turn out to be a 16 year old like kid? Who's just completely yanking your chain? Now we're going Chris Hansen style. He's going to show up yeah. and offer you a plate of cookies. Well, no, like, I'm not seat. saying that you're. No, no, I'm saying what they... were your intentions? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello, hello there. Who are you? I'm Judd. Who are you? Are you? That's not important, right? I'm That's Judd Zolgad right from NFL.com. <laughs> That's not important right now. Oh, I thought we just get some pizza. Me and the Lions. <laughs> I brought this half bottle of Smirnoff with me, too. Exactly. Then why, then why do you have a six-pack? <laughs> Classic. You had no uh, idea the Detroit Lions were 15 years old? No, that was good, Jesse. 
Thank you. I appreciate I those explanations. I think you're pretty like, close. I, I think you're spot on. I'd like to hear what you guys on. think. I want you guys to drop them. What kind of Tinder dates are we getting? Who are the Vikings? The Did you sell the Vikings short is my question. The Vikings like though saying, are the safest. It's going to be your safest. Yeah. But like they're comfortable where you are. Like it's just it's gonna be fine. Again, Minnesota mediocrity always wins out. Like, but it's we all know your Packers type. Like the yeah, the Packers type. You know, she's cute. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and she Super loves chaotic. hunting gear and circus peanuts too. Yeah. That's the other Very thing that chaotic. she's a big fan of. Be careful mm-hmm. about what <laughs> that pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, let's jump in, guys, to our comments from YouTube before our comments get out of hand. Comments from YouTube. Oh boy. Circus peanuts, to be peanuts. clear. <laughs> yep. Yep. Here are your comments from YouTube. I got two of them for you today. From JG Berserker. The worst NFL rule, in my opinion, landing with your full weight on the QB. John, you made an astute point, and I saw this too. Daniil Hunter could have perhaps been called for this on Saturday, but he did a great job to remove himself from falling right on the quarterback, Jake Browning, during a sack. That's really not my question. Just wanted to say, John Nye, great minds. Great minds think alike, they say. Question, though, kind of a repeat of last week. What is the worst rule in the NFL? You guys care to tackle this one? How about John? Do you want to go first? Worst rule oh. in the NFL is... There's so many. There's so many, and we're going to add more because now we're going to eliminate the tackle where where you grab the player by the hips and swing them around. Yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because we're worried about about a technique that was basically not invented but was used because of concern about concussions. So now how you're supposed to tackle, if they put that in, how you're supposed to tackle people or enforce a tackle that's very nebulous, I have no idea. Uh, But there is one that's easily above the rest, and it's being examined, and I can only hope it's overturned. And it is the rule that bit Justin Jefferson in the butt in Philadelphia. That is when you fumble the ball out of the end zone, it goes to the opposing team at the 20. Mm-hmm. I have no idea whoever came up with that rule. You know why? So in in other words, if you fumble the ball at the, I don't know, let's say you fumble the ball at the the five, like you're running in and you lose the ball. If you fumble at the five and it goes sideways out, out of bounds, you just get the ball back at the five. But if it somehow goes forward out of the end zone, let's say it gets punched. I've seen this before. It gets punched. It goes through the end zone and then it goes out of bounds. It's your opposing team's ball at the 20. It makes no who, sense why defense gets such an advantage for who did you this? almost scoring. It doesn't make any sense. Who did this? Yeah, exactly right. Who who came up with this rule? It's also weird to automatically assume if that ball would have went into the end zone, either team could have recovered it if it didn't go out of the end zone. So just to automatically give it to the defense seems wild to me. So I, I don't I don't hate that take at all, Judd. And they cleaned up a po- a portion of a rule that was similar um it long before you both were born, the Raiders were playing the Chargers and it's referred to as the holy roller game. Yes, yeah. Cuz the Chargers were ahead. It was the end of the game and I believe it was Ken Stabler fumbled forward. If I'm not mistaken, Dave Casper, the tight end, pushed it into the end zone and it was recovered by the Raiders for a touchdown and the league's like okay that's sort of really hanky and so you cannot now advance the ball like that so it's still your ball but you can't but you can't push it into the end zone which was a fun play but I understand the rule 
But so why have we just allowed this defense, you know, this this thing of, well, you fumbled the ball forward and went through the end zone and now it's the opposing team. It just, it, I've never read anything that makes sense. You got anything worse than that, Jesse? Defensive pass interference? Can I say that? Oh, yeah. How so? Right? In yeah. Like, it's... You have quarterbacks that take advantage, Aaron Rodgers, namely, right? If you're going to go throw the ball deep because you know he's going to get an interference. The way that the NFL wants this game to be so pass-heavy and so pass-centric, it's not doing them any favors because now your defense can't even barely touch your receivers or your tight ends without potentially getting called for that. So it just seems incredibly frustrating, again, as you'd as I'd mentioned, when the quarterbacks especially know that um, with that rule enforcement too. Offensive pass interference only leads to a loss of 10 yards from the previous spot. Um, it just seems absolutely ridiculous. I hate defensive pass interference. It happens all the time. Take it out. Fix it. And in, and in general, the better quarterbacks get the calls on that more often than somebody mm-hmm. like Nick Mullins, right? I agree with you, Jesse. I've thought for years, let's just max that out. If we want to give them a bunch of yards, that's fine. College gives you a max of 15. 15 Maybe the yeah. NFL should just give a max of 25. That's still a heck of a lot of field position. Oh, yeah. But also, again, remember when uh, just a few moments ago, I said you're assuming that or the defense or the offense would have an equal chance to recover a ball that was punched out at the two or three in the end zone. If you give a team a ball at the one yard line because of pass interference, yeah, more often than not, the wide receiver is going to catch the ball, but you're also assuming 100% that he would catch the ball, which just is not the case. So, Also I, allow taunting. That's the other gonna, that's a personal. I just taunting. like chirping. Yeah, taunting. why not? That's why not? Let's make it fun. It's a game. It's a well, game. And they, on... on um, DPIs especially, they tried a couple of years ago because of that horrific miss in the Saints challenge. playoff mm-hmm. game to go to the challenge. That didn't work. The uh, But the problem, too, is there's no consistency. So it feels like of late, they're actually allowing it to go more. Case in point, the Vikings game. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm, I think it was Evans, and I tweeted this and, of course, got torched by fans, but who cares? <laughs> um, he was – I mean, he grabbed the Bengals receiver – and yes, they they were hand fighting, but he then just grabbed him, and he didn't get called for it. Yep, and grabbed and the jersey. Yeah, and meanwhile, these yahoos now were trying to call offensive offsides because of what happened the previous week with Kadarius Tony in the Saint or in the Chiefs game. Like, there's no consistency to any of this crap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nobody I think even on, knows what they're watching anymore. I think on red zone yesterday, Judd, and this is just red zone. I think I caught two offensive offsides, which is fine. If it's truly offsides, call it. But I feel like the edict came down from the league since they called it for Tony. Uh, guys, you might want to start calling this a little they bit did. more so it doesn't look like we are after the Chiefs. There have been, since 2000, uh, since 2000, Seifert had this in a tweet today. They have, in, two, in 2023, they have, uh, got, I think they have six offensive offsides calls this year. The highest previously in a single season since 2000 was like three. And three of those are now in the last two weeks, at least yeah. from what I saw. So, yes, it's it's ridiculous. Here's one for you, too, that I think is really fun. And, Jesse, I'll let you start this time. This comes from Gerard Sillier's 1909. I'm going to hold you three to it when our offense starts firing again and this team goes to the NFC Championship game or maybe Super Bowl, especially looking at our defense. Now, in fairness... That was before the game on Saturday, okay? In fairness, that was before Saturday's game. My question to you, if the Vikings go to the NFC Championship game this season, 
How the heck did it happen, Jesse Pierce? It was a full moon and there was a sacrifice of some sort and some black magic because there's no way that's going wow. to happen. Like, I get it. Offense sells tickets, defense wins games. And yes, the Minnesota Vikings have a very good defense this year. It's just you're there's some weird black voodoo magic is the only way it's going to happen. There's going to be some luck. There's going to be some insane. We won't be able to believe it. I will not be able to believe it. I don't believe it happening. So it's hard for me to imagine how it possibly could because I'm just being realistic, guys. That's just insane. So yeah, if if somebody's out there doing some some black magic in the middle of the night, power to you. Maybe Ouija that'll board. do the trick. Yeah, right? Judd Jesse says witchcraft. You got anything better than that? <laughs> no, I don't. Like, no, it's been a weird year. I don't think it's been that weird. By the way, I was off. Seifert's tweet, offensive offside flags since 2000. This year, it's been 18 of them. The previous high was 2020 and 2002 with six. <laughs> They've thrown 18 offensive offside well, flags. And to me, that's what makes... That's what makes Patrick Mahomes, you know, wanting about the call even more annoying because it had been called this season before that. But I did notice yesterday and Saturday, they called it a lot this weekend. I'd love to see how many times it was actually called because, again, I know I saw it at least twice. Do we want to bring up that Taylor Swift has only missed the Minnesota Vikings game and not any other <laughs> and her? Chiefs game? You know what? F-bomb, which was outstanding. Good for Taylor Swift. Yes. And you know what? I blame some of you Vikings fans in the comments. Some of you who will comment on on this podcast, you guys went to that show. Some of you probably went even twice, and now she spurned you. Yeah. Sounds about right. Look what you guys did. What did you do wrong when you were there? (laughs) What did you guys do to offend Taylor Swift? I was there. As a person that went? Having a good time. I was delighted she didn't go. Oh, I'm because like, you went to the Taylor Swift concerts? No, no. As a person that, that went to the yeah. Chiefs game, I was delighted she didn't go because there there would have been a, a unnecessary layer of security that might have impeded my progress. So I was delighted <laughs> she didn't show. But, I mean, good for her. She was great. The fact they booed her on the Jumbotron <laughs> at uh, in Foxborough was hilariously funny. She seemed to get it. Yeah. Swifties, send your, uh, send your hate mail care of... Jay Zolgad. She's a talent. What are, what are you on She's the Twitter, Jay Zolgad? At Jay Zolgad. She's a talent. And who's the kid now who's big? Uh, she's really young. Sabrina um, Carpenter. No, no, keep going. Uh, I have no idea. I wish got, I knew. No, she's got the song about um, I I want to get back at you or something. Oh, um, yeah, it's on a TV commercial, get too. Get even... Yeah, it's Olivia, on Rodrigo, Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, yeah, sure. she's talented too. Yeah, that's a great yeah. song. Kid yeah. can write songs. It, yeah. If she indeed did write that song, that's do you want to sing it? You want to sing any? I of can't it to really us? remember it, but it's catchy. I love catchy. I love pop. I love pop it's, tunes. I think it's like, on a really, phone commercial. Uh, yes, right. But I love pop tunes. I like like a good catchy pop song. I'm a sucker for it. And she's that's a good catchy pop song. Big Hanson guy back Seeing in the you day. Tonight. It's a bad Boom idea, bop. right? That one. Um, no, it's not that one. No, Seeing that's not tonight. that one. No. It's a bad idea, right? Sorry. Okay. No, Let's uh, maybe bad. before we die. Hanson, no, singing. I was never. No, no. Hanson was too kitschy for me. Okay. All right. Not a big snowed in fan. That was their Christmas album. Dude, I don't remember. The Mbop's the only song I remember. <laughs> hey, have scientists Let's... figured out what an Mbop is yet? Mm-bop. 
In an oombop, it's gone. It was a terrible, that was a terrible brain, um, what, what's the word? Ear, earworm, thank you. Mm-hmm. It was a terrible earworm. You couldn't get that damn song out of your head. That's a secret nobody knows. Mm-bop, let's do our before I die. Time now for the Before I Die crew to give us their <clears throat> Before I Die. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Anyway. Just, just let Jesse sing the rest of the. I, I, not a good song. Not a good we song. We wonder why people hate this show. Jesse sings. Who hates too the much. show? Yeah, right. if they hate the show, uh, that's on them. Who hates the uh, show? Never anybody. Ross, why don't you kick us off this week? This one's going to be very unpopular. I said it earlier today in the hallways here of Score North. I am all for safety, okay? I'm not inviting bad things to happen. I am not. That's not what I'm doing here, okay? I want to be very clear about that. However, we need to dramatically reduce security at sporting events or just figure out a better way. Props to the Minnesota Twins who came up with, like, whatever deal it is where everybody can pretty much just walk on through, and if something goes wrong, they flag you over, But over the weekend, I really don't like to name names or call out people. The Minnesota Timberwolves basically tweeted, crowd sold, get here eight hours, or crowd sold out tonight, get here eight hours before the game or you might not make it. No, you guys figure out your security. And if you can't, just let us through. If somebody's going to do something bad, they can do it in the plaza. They can do it on the streets. They don't have to wait until they're in the stadium. You figure out your stuff and let me get to the game when I can get to the game. What's the Thank wolves, you. What, what's the Wolves pol- policy or what? I don't even know. I you know, Honestly, I, I, tweets, I don't know. I don't know what the policy is. I don't know. The only game I went to this year, I, I kind of backdoored my way in. I went so, to the on. game a couple weeks ago, and I don't recall an issue, but I never bring anything with well, me. I just have a phone and a wallet. It's That's tweeted out. Now, you, you might be talking about a, a Wolves tweet. Um, Jeff Munich, who's been there for since Oh, Jeff's the best, one. by the way. Jeff Love Jeff. That, but I think Jeff's trying to prepare fans for the fact that if they have not come in a long time, it's there's now lines. Like, Jeff, yeah. I, I think Jeff's point is, for years, you oh. walked right through, and there were 10,000, you know... Or, 8,000 people here. And um, do, don't get so, me started on entering Huntington Bank Stadium because that is that is no, just that is that's just as brutal. And shame on them because it's been that way for a half a decade now. That's a mess. That is a complete mess. That's a different story. Um, and part of the problem, too, is – and here's what I don't get. Okay. So it's weird. I don't think everybody understands that if you have an electronic ticket, you need to stick it in your wallet – in your phone. Yes. So yes. like there's nothing worse like at, at Hunt, Huntington Bank you'll get and I I was guilty. The service of myself, goes bad. Like once or twice and then I figured it out. <laughs> yeah, the service goes bad. So you're literally trying to get your ticket back up. But the thing is which is another story about why we don't have Wi-Fi that does not have any problems now. And if that's the school's fault, get your act together among the many things you've screwed up. <laughs> you don't, you know, your Wi-Fi needs to be working at maximum all the time. Um that pisses me off. In this day and age, to go to a sporting event where you yeah, still just, can't access your phone during a yeah. game is incredible. Yeah. Now, now, when I was on the Packers beat in 2003 and four, they they were, if you had a Verizon phone, which I did at the time, at that time, they would jam the signal throughout the stadium because that's what the coach's headsets worked off of. 
and they didn't want you to oh. snap away from. But this was twenty years ago, so like, they, 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 Wi Fi wasn't a thing. We still had uh, Mr. Sherman, Mr. <laughs> Sherman, roll far right. They would jam the signal for the fans and schleps like me. Very, very disconcerting. All right, before I die, here's my rule. Before I die, and this is for bowl, football bowl games, if you have your quarterback leave the team before the bowl game, the bowl game will not be played. I can't – I heard about another um, – oh, the, uh, the LSU Avocado? kid – Oh, who no. won the uh, Who won the Heisman? He is now left, and yeah, so he's not going to play in in the bowl game because he's going to be in the draft, which is fine. I don't give a crap, okay? But this this is ridiculous. Like we literally have all of these bowl games that are going to be played without significant players from the teams whose season just came to an end. It's totally their right to quit, but it's totally my right to kick the team out of the bowl and fold the bowl game. It's useless. It's useless. I mean, the golfers are going to have, God bless them, Cole Kramer just wants to get his life started. He just wants to go to get married in Rochester, I, I think, go to Phoenix, start his life with his new wife. It's just awesome. They can work on a family. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't really care, but good for you, Cole Kramer. But now you're going to play a game in Detroit. The golfers should, they should have been told, you know what? No, we're not going to, we're not going to play this game. Um, you guys stay home. See you next year. This isn't worth doing anymore. The opportunity, Judd, though, to be the first ever three-time Quick Lane Bowl champions, that has to mean something. I'm just saying, all of these kids aren't going to I couldn't to even say that without giggling games. myself. Kick that, just shut them down. <laughs> As that guy says on that uh, kitchen show, shut it down. You, shut this team down. You talking about you John Taffer? John Taffer. Yeah. I know there's bowl game obligations, but in a perfect world, do you know how I would handle this game? We, I think they kick off at 2 on the 26th. If I was PJ in the squad, I would say, okay, we'll be there at about 8 p.m. on the 25th. We're going to spend Christmas Eve and Christmas oh, Day with our families. And then <laughs> out early out. in the morning. And then if I was the, the bowl people, I'd kick them out. I'd say we're not playing the bowl this year. <laughs> it's a bowl in Detroit. The day after Christmas. Huh. Before Jesse, I die, before take I us die, home. I will accept that my kids will not appreciate any of the fun things I try to do, and I will not let oh, them no. like it does. My goodness, you guys. I try to do all these really cool Christmas activities, and I'm all excited about it, and there's just no excitement from them at all. So then I'm all pissed off, and I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Like, we went and saw the holiday train last week, and the Canadian Pacific holiday train. And oh, no. you could have thought that we took these kids to, like, the dump with how excited they were just... No, I was pumped. I was like, let's take pictures, and we got music, and it's nice, and there's lights, oh, and no. it happens constantly. But you know what? I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to continue to do it, but I'm not going to let it ruin my Christmas spirit, you guys. That's Did what the I hope to do before I die. holiday train make multiple stops, or yes. is it only... Yes, okay, cause, stops. Okay, okay, because I know... Go ahead, I'm sorry. literally down the street from me. In Last Park? Monday in St. Louis Park. That's where I, we were. And fortunately, Dawn and I had plans because she informed me when we saw it that she was going to make me go. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't know that. It was a that. gorgeous night out that night. I saw the train because we, we were actually trying to beat it to the bar. And <laughs> and we didn't beat it. We couldn't beat it. I actually had to go around it. It was a pain in the ass. Yeah. Uh, and it looked very, very nice. I got to say, Jesse, I, I'm 
going to side with the kids on this one. I, in fact, in fact, if you would like, because of my lack of maturity, mm-hmm. feel free to run your ideas past me for the kids, and I will tell you, I, holiday trains, old school, don't like it. Come on, here's the lights, here's the thing, Jesse. As somebody who loves the Christmas season and the holidays. And, you know, Judd, Judd pokes fun at me because I won't be seen for like two weeks here shortly. I can't possibly come to work the day after Christmas because my seasonal post-Christmas depression sets in. Sure. I need a few days to, to get back and feel okay with the real world. Your kids, as they get older, will appreciate more of that stuff. When they're younger, it's still all about the presents. I don't know. But once they for them. once really they get Dude, more of the mad at me because I can't take them sledding. I'm like, I can't control I'm the weather. I don't appreciate it. No, come on. That's why I didn't get you a Christmas gift. I'm going to make him go to CHS. I really still want to go to Bentleyville. Like, these these oh. are things for me. Let's just, you going to get yeah, to Sam's in Somerset? You know what? I love Sam's in Somerset. We're doing that it's next great. week. It's great. So you know what? Maybe I'll see you there. Yeah. Get a babysitter and drag your husband along and leave the kids out of this. <laughs> gonna start, this is why I, I do things by myself. I go camping by myself. I do hikes by yeah. myself. Then do it by nobody, yourself. Like, I, yeah, but then no one's going to take you know pictures. What? Who is going enjoyment? to take my pictures? I get you. Nobody <laughs> takes more selfies than Selfie, you. Selfie, yeah. And plus, you're you're outgoing. Just ask somebody. <laughs> oh, hey, can you take true. my picture here? Like like I saw Kirsten Call shooting your stand up on Saturday at the Wild Game. <laughs> you ain't afraid to ask people to take I'm your not. picture. I'm not. But I mean, these things. kids didn't ask to be taken to these things. Mm-hmm. I don't blame them one bit. You're going for you, which by the way is great. I do things for me. You know what? I don't care what it. What I don't need Dawn there. I don't need Dawn to go. I'm happiest when I'm alone. Speaking of taking selfies, you, know, you know, I lost my phone in that pond because I was trying to take a selfie a couple weeks back. Yeah, and the rice my didn't kids, work, my right? Kids, the other good thing about my kids is they rip me without intentionally trying to rip me. Like, they'll just say things. I'm like, that was rude, but it was true. So I have a picture of this, like, foot, like fall pond as the background of my phone, and my oldest saw it, and he was like, oh. Is that one on your phone fell into? And I was like, no, you jerk. It's just a picture of a Good pod. Good for him. He's, oh, I like it's it. It's just Give him some lip to mom. He's like, okay. I was like, thanks. But yeah. That's good. Yeah, just okay. go by yourself. CHS Field. Go soak it in. Take that some That one pictures. I might do by myself. You know what else you could do at uh, Glow and Sam's Christmas Village, Jesse? Get your drink on. You can drink on. Yeah, they you get your drink on. Drink sees there. Mm-hmm. Then the bring bring the husband and tell him to stay sober. <laughs> there we go. See now that I agree now with. So you have a ride. Now home. we're moving. And we're you moving. do have, and you will have a brief, very brief, but your window will be when your kids start to turn driving age, yes. and you can go get sauced. So good. And they'll want to go with you because they can then drive. I'm starting to feel like I'm the Green Bay Packer Tinder girl, but I think this is probably right about. <laughs> where we're at so i don't think she's kids (laughs) very quickly before we roll mrs uh number one green bay packer fan and green bay packer tinder gal jesse a very happy holidays merry christmas to you two even though judd seemingly doesn't like the holiday nor does he care to be with either one of us happy holidays happy holidays to you both happy happy holidays to everybody who consumes uh this podcast but any score north podcast so thank you all very much and have a wonderful safe and happy holiday season let's shorten up that time off though folks let's get it down to one week okay <laughs> i'll see you on Ju- or june pick second, one holiday Jeepers. new I'll year's see- <laughs> christmas you don't get two weeks i'll see you on january 2nd judd i'll see you next year god classic you're so funny
Is that it? Are we out? That's it. You sounded like you wrapped it. So I was okay. assuming that was. Well, you didn't give the Hennepin thing. Yeah, I know. You well, that's it. Couple of games in a row in Hennepin County. There you go. There you go.